everybody and welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Podmas, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi everybody, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James. And I'm your other host and I am Tenant Michael. And it is a pleasure and an honor to be back here once again, uh, back in the saddle, the two of us. I'm picturing us, uh, we're both sharing a horse and we're cowboys, and we're riding off into the sunset uh, to podcast together. Isn't that a nice mm. image? Well, yeah, I mean, why not two horses? Why don't we each have a horse? Sure, two horses. I mean, that feels... Yes, you're right, you're right. ...more yeah. appropriate. Why would we share... It's a fantasy anyway. The horse isn't real. Why would we share a horse? Well, maybe we have, we're sharing a horse because we have another horse that has all of our podcasting equipment on it, and it's, it's carrying it to the ranch where we record our show. Interesting. You know, it kind of makes me think of, um, what did you call it? What do you call it in the Old West when, you know, there was a groups of people would, would have all these wagons and, and they'd be full of stuff. Like, what was that? What was the word for a that? Wagon the term? train? Yeah, something like that. But yeah, they're yeah. just full of microphones and cords and USB cords and uh, maybe old <laughs> desktops. Yeah, mics. And imagine if, yeah, I'm thinking of like um, the Grapes of Wrath. Imagine if that story was updated for mm. a new generation where people are like, we're leaving, we're leaving the planes to go find work in the podcasting industry in California. <laughs> yeah, and neat? in the sort of... And in the sort of wagon trail thing, it's like all the top podcasters, you know, uh, yeah. us, um, Chris Locke, Marin, Rogan, Rogan Bill Simmons. Imagine, imagine Rogan and Marin uh, riding a horse and going like faster. Well, Rogan would have an easy time of it. He'd probably be doing tricks on the horse. He'd probably be doing like, yeah. he'd be, you know doing acrobatics on the horse to show off. Marin wouldn't know what he's doing. He'd be going... Uh, is my foot in this right? You know, like he'd be all stressed because he's a nerd. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that we just naturally started talking about podcasters in a funny way because there is a um, Joe Rogan is uh, was actually in the news today for a real story. He was uh, what was it? President Trump today said on the record that he would he wants to do a four hour debate against Biden to be mediated by Joe Rogan. Yeah, I mean, I haven't quite read this story, but it's something along the lines of Trump uh, said he'd be up for a four-hour debate with Biden on Joe Rogan's podcast. Four hours? Yeah, so like one of those Alex Jones episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would they have to do the usual ads that they do on Rogan um, during the debate? Well, he does his ads up front. Right. Um, But... uh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'd have to interrupt the debate for, you know, to talk about uh, a mattress company. <laughs> um, Does he yeah. advertise brain pills, too, or is that more of Alex Jones? More of an Alex That's Jones. more Alex Jones. Okay. But if in this presidential debate on the Joe Rogan podcast, I wonder if Joe's uh, sort of meathead MMA friend Eddie Bravo would, would make an appearance. Um, Whoa. You never know. Imagine during the debate, suddenly the lights start to flicker and there's like an, um, 
it's like a surprise appearance by an MMA guy who comes and mm-hmm. asks like a few tough questions just just to keep you know to switch things up a bit. Yeah, like do you you know they'd be sort of in the middle of the debate and then Eddie Bravo would come in and be like, "Do you think we really landed on the moon? You fucking telling me we fucking landed on the moon, Biden? What the fuck?" And then Joe would be like, "Dude, chill, bro. Chill. Chill. It's a debate, man." No, but we didn't fucking land on the fucking moon. That's not impossible, bro. I mean, we're joking, but this would be a much more entertaining debate than whatever, you know, we usually and Trump, get. Yeah, so. and Trump would be like, he's right. We didn't fucking land on the moon. <laughs> Biden would be killed in this. The more we do this, think about this. Biden would be killed in this. Joe Rogan stand a damn chance. Um, but it is funny to think of. And imagine, I mean, if, if we're going to start opening up debates to the world of podcasting, if, jo- if Joe Rogan mediates this debate... Why not open, you know, open the door wide, blow the, blow the bloody doors off and invite all the biggest podcasters to come and participate in the debates. Like maybe the guys from Reply All can uh, mediate a debate. Imagine that. <laughs> Alex and PJ? Yeah. They can do a yes, yes, no with uh, Biden and Trump. <laughs> See how much of a tweet they understand. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, Mr. Trump, are you familiar with the term left shark? You know where that uh. comes from? I know a little bit, but uh, yeah, that'd be great. Who else could sure. do a, a, a debate moderation? Uh, I'd love to see Trump and Biden on Stuff You Should Know. You know? Yeah. Josh could be like, uh, hey, you know, Joe, uh, do you have any idea how uh, toilets work? You know, I'm Yumi and I have a toilet and we, uh, we use it all the time. It's pretty cool. I'd love that because Trump is always uh, talking about water pressure and toilets and stuff, as as we discussed mm-hmm. last week with our guest Maggie Sirota. Yes, that was a good one. Yeah. Well, um, what if what if uh, maybe the the ladies from Guys We Fucked moderated a uh, presidential debate? That would be pretty spicy. That'd be good. That'd yeah. be really interesting. I I'd love to know what uh, Trump and Biden's dating etiquette is. You know, like. How long yeah. they last, you know? Also, that'd be a cool question <laughs> for them to, to debate. Uh, but you know what? Trump's going to say, like, you know, I'm like sting on acid or something. Like, st- Trump's going to say he basically never jizzes. And Biden, because, you know, Biden's going to want to try to seem sensitive. So who's going to be like, you know, <laughs> I'm a premature ejaculator, Jack? I don't Interesting. Know. See, I would have thought that he is he has forgotten how to ejaculate. And so he just never Biden? also, yeah, so he just never, never finishes, mm. <laughs> you know, what if we got some, yeah. some Canadian podcasters to moderate a presidential debate? And I'm thinking of, um, the hosts of the popular, uh, French podcast from Radio Canada, uh, the podcast Say Fou, hosted by Serge Bouchard et Jean-Philippe Plot. Trump and Biden, if you guys have any fucking balls, go on Say Fou. <laughs> like the whole everybody's clamoring for it yeah they're talking about going on rogan no we all want you to go on seifu everybody in canada talks about it yeah seifu or get off the pot guys yes remember how uh back in school days uh the day after an episode of seifu uh mm-hmm. all the kids <laughs> on the playground would be talking about oh god did you hear last night's episode of seifu did you hear what serge and Jean-Philippe were talking about? That was crazy. 
Absolutely. Yeah. No, completely. Because, you know, um, kids would be on the playground being like, you know, did you watch uh, Game of Thrones last night? And then the other kid would be like, screw Game of Thrones. Did you listen to Seifu? They did, you know, a new pod <laughs> dropped this morning. They were talking about, you know, uh, Quebecois culture in the arts. Yeah. Oh. Man, those were the days. I feel nostalgic now for the uh, the way I used to be excited for new episodes of Seifu. What does foo mean? Um, having fun? I don't know. Well, I'm sure our, our listeners will let us know. But Let uh, us know at LT Podmas on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> oh, we should try and get Serge and Jean-Philippe as guests on this. That'd be amazing. Our first translated episode. Um, so what, they'd be dubbed? Well, we could, we could dub it, yeah. <laughs> All right. It'd be fun. Um... Enough about Serge and Jean-Philippe. We could talk about them for hours. Uh, James, how was your damn week? Uh, my week's been pretty good. You know, doing okay. the doing the COVID thing. Um, We're doing the COVID shuffle. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, if you listened last week, you know I uh, had kind of a big moment. I um, premiered a promo for a brand new spinoff podcast I'm working on. Uh, called Flat Talk. It's a flat right. podcast that's actually cool. That's the, the log line. And um, I'm really excited. I got a really positive response from fans um, on Twitter. I heard from uh, Darren Springer. I heard from Joe Fuda. They were, you know, where can I get this? Where can I download this podcast? People were very excited about Flat Talk, which is really cool. I'm really pumped. And thank you for your support. Nice. Um, I did run into a bit of an issue uh, from across the pond, unfortunately. Um, no, I'm so sorry to hear that. What? Yeah. Uh, what happened? Well, annoyingly, there's a UK podcast that's also called Flat Talk. Um, oh, right. Yeah, and it's like it's like an apartment rental podcast, though. It's nothing to right, do with flat earthers. Yeah, the word flat is what they they call an apartment uh, in in London. Yes, and in all of England, I think in all um, of England. Yeah. I know, but you know, their podcast sounds so lame. I mean, an apartment hunting, like who wants to listen to that? Well, be um, nice, be nice. Well, you know? well, you're telling me to be nice. They should be nice because they actually sent me a cease and desist letter. Can you believe no. this? Yeah. They claim that it's illegal or something for me to use the name Flat Talk because it infringes on their blah, 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 copyright, whatever. So they want me to stop using the name Flat Talk just because they have a podcast also called Flat Talk. I'm pissed. Oh, wow. Well, can I ask how long has the British Flat Talk show been around? I don't know. I guess it's been on for, you know, five, ten years or something like that. But still, whatever. Oh. It's a different country. Right. Well, have you maybe because you're just starting your podcast, have you considered this is just an idea uh, changing the name of yours to avoid this sort of conflict with uh, the flat talk guys uh, across the pond? What a fucking beta suggestion, Mike. I'm not going to change my name just because they have the same name. They can change their name if they want. Hell no. I'm keeping the name flat talk. And you know what? Not only that, I've doubled down, Michael. I've doubled down on this. I'm not oh, taking no. this lying down. I'm not just going to live with these guys coming after me. I'm going after them now. Oh, James, I really wish you wouldn't. No, yeah, I, I think this is a bad idea. I already have. I've, I've made an attack ad going after the UK flat talk. And you know what? Why don't we play this now? Yeah, why don't we play this now? This is my attack ad going after those bastards 
Are you sure? UK Flat Talk. Hell yes. Play it. Hey, it's me, James Hartnett, the host of Flat Talk, the first flat earther podcast that's actually cool. Flat Talk. Each week I talk about issues in the flat earther community, spill the tea on my crazy sex life, and yes, do the whole show 100% high on cocaine. But recently, my company, Squirtum If You Got Him Productions, received a cease and desist letter from a British apartment hunting podcast also called Flat Talk. Flat Talk. They want me to stop doing the show or change my name. So, naturally, I'm putting my tail between my legs and giving in. Not. Why should I take orders from a couple of British perverts? According to my research, Flat Talk UK hosts Nigel Winthrop and Wigsy's names were recorded on the Epstein flight logs no fewer than 17 times. Once, sure. Twice, maybe. But 17? That's a lot of flights, see? We all know about Little St. James. And if you ask me, Nigel and Wigsy's next flat should be a jail cell. Lights out, boys. And as if all that weren't bad enough, I have it on good authority that Nigel and Wigsy also drink piss. It's definitely a no for me, dog. So, Nigel and Wigsy, you might want to lawyer up, because this Canuck... Ain't afraid to fight dirty. Flat Talk. The real Flat Talk. Available on podcatchers everywhere. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. Now, that is what I call an ad. It gets the point across. It's fun to listen to. It's exciting. You can't just accuse people of... I feel like you made up this Epstein thing. You can't accuse two people of basically being pedophiles. That is not okay. If you if you think your legal troubles are bad now, they're just going to get worse. Oh my god. Um actually I can accuse people of being pedophiles and I just did. So, thanks for the legal advice. Uh not at all. Well, this is trust me. This is when you when someone tries to bully you like these two Brits did. You bully him back and you double down. And that's what I've done. So come right. after me now, I mean, Flat Talk. UK. I'm just thinking about this from, from Nigel and Wigsy's point of view. I believe that's their names, the hosts of the UK Flat Talk. And mm-hmm. that is pretty inflammatory stuff that you're accusing them of. And also this whole thing about drinking piss is... Uh, that just seems like a low blow. Like a very low blow. Like a schoolyard taunt. Um, do you have anything to back that up? This... Mike, you don't, like, everything with you, people like you, you libtards, is, is, do you have the evidence? Do you have the proof of this thing? This isn't how the world works, dude. Do you think, like, in the olden days, people were like, oh, I better not attack that castle unless I, you know, write up, find scientific proof. No, you just did stuff. And that's what we do on Flat Talk Canada. We just do stuff. And people are loving it. And I've gotten a couple of tweets about that, supporting me. All right, well... Again, I hope you know what you're doing. I I assume I am not involved in the legalities of here, even though we are co-hosts together. I hope I don't ever We're have co-hosts, to... We're uh, co-hosts, and I've been crashing at your apartment for a long time, right. so I think technically we may be a household at this point, so I'm not sure how that affects our finances or oh, a liability, um, right. so you may be, but... Well, I, I uh, something tells me I'm not liable. Uh, uh, something tells I'll, me uh, maybe a bit, but... All right. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope you know what you're doing. And once again, my my heart really goes out to, to Nigel Winthrop and Wigsy across the pond. I'm I'm sorry this is happening, and uh, I hope 
Hopefully, I'll find a nice way to end this and to de-escalate. Well, I hope it escalates, honestly, because (laughs) they don't have the balls that I do. So we'll leave it at that. Oh, well, if you haven't turned off this episode in disgust yet, and you actually want to hear more from us and help us continue making this show, please go to patreon.com slash landlord tenant. And, you know, no one is obliged to pay the piper, as, as as the saying goes. But if you feel like helping us out, helping, uh, you know, in Canada we'd say like, throw me a loony, throw me a toony. Um, you're, you're welcome to help and to contr- contribute financially to uh, help us make the show. Yes, <laughs> and thank you so much to everyone who's done it. We, uh, we're doing bonus episodes. We're going to do one this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can only get it if you're a Patreon, so thanks to them. Yeah. And if you can't, to Patreon, which I totally understand. Um, if you wouldn't mind rating us and reviewing us on uh, iTunes or where have you, that helps. Or tweeting yes. about it, anything like that. We would be so grateful. But yeah, patreon.com slash landlord tenant. And uh, please give as much as you can or just continue enjoying us for free. Absolutely. Um... So what else were we going to touch on here, Mike? Um, well, we were going to get into politics, I believe, correct? Yes. Um, so um, usually the, we like to keep the show light. Uh, it's very funny. It's often hilarious, uh, silly and stuff. But we And twisted. Is, well, twisted, that's your yeah. department. My part is twisted. Yours is maybe yeah. amusing. But we're... Um, we do feel it's our responsibility to occasionally talk about serious things, uh, the world of politics, for instance. And last week we had part one of maybe four or five of a uh, of a political report from our good friend Bryn Potty. Uh, he sent us some audio from Lunenburg, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada, because Lunenburg is uh, gearing up to have a mayoral election, and the race is on it sounds very contentious sounds very like there's a lot of stuff happening a lot of moving pieces and he's trying to give us the highlights and and tell us what it all means absolutely and um i mean this election's big it's going to affect everybody and it's going to send shockwaves around probably the entire world so we're really pumped to have Bryn as a special correspondent uh really breaking down the story for us So right now we're going to play Bryn's second report from Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. Hello, James and Michael. Hello, listeners. It's Bryn Potty again with another Lunenburg election update on the race for mayor between John McGee and Matt Risser. Uh, Just to follow up on some of your questions from last time, uh, as far as the lady who runs the hat store's blog post was concerned, she, uh, she runs a hat store called Hat Junkie in town. And uh, she went off about how Mayor Rachel Bailey was anti-small business a couple years ago because of some kind of parking regulation. But yeah, if your hat store is having a hard time in a town this size, you know, maybe it's not the mayor's fault. Also, regarding the uh, conspiracy with the guy whose house burned down on Christmas Day, um, Lunenburg is somewhat of a conspiratorial town, you know? Um, Both times someone broke into the subway here, it was an inside job. And um, there is a history of unexplained fires on holidays here. You know, the uh, church burned down on Halloween and nobody ever snitched on whoever did that. 
Um, the mini mart burned down on Christmas Eve a couple years after that, and then now this guy's house burned down on Christmas Day. And uh, when the church burned down on Halloween, this actually ties into Matt Risser's political career because he was the high school student council president, and the news interviewed him about it. And um, I think that's when he got you know a taste for politics, and it was also used as an example of why I wouldn't be allowed to run for uh, high school student council. The principal said, uh, we can't have you on the news, so you're not allowed. Um, anyway, I have not figured out why Matt Risser's nickname is Mustard. People in town don't really want to talk to me about it because, you know, they do like him and they're afraid that I'm going to be mean. Uh, which is fair enough because a lot of Ludenberg nicknames are kind of mean. Uh, there was a guy that we used to call Low Tide. Um, and then there was a guy that we called Chapters because he had admitted to jerking off in a Chapters one time. And uh, the nickname Chapters followed that guy to college. So as far as the race right now is concerned, uh, it's a real David and Goliath battle ahead for Matt, I think. Uh, I'm seeing a lot, some Matt Rister signs, but some giant John McGee signs, some with his picture on them. Uh, and at the stop sign on your way out to the gas station, he's got three signs in a row that like detail why he's a good candidate. He's like innovative, etc., etc. I have not been stopped there long enough to read it all yet, uh, but I will, and then I'll get back to you. And that's pretty much the state of the race. If you've got any more questions, I'd be happy to field them. Uh, this has been Bryn Potty reporting from Lunenburg. Thank you, Bryn. That was uh, phenomenal. I can see a, uh, a, a Pulitzer Prize in your future for journalism. Yes. Or is there a podcast award for uh, politics or covering s- small-town Nova Scotia elections, I wonder? Well, there should be. There should be. Um, yes, great job, Bryn, and thank you for clarification uh, on a number of nuggets he had he had mentioned in the first report. Um, yes. It's good to it's good to learn about mustard, and uh, very interesting to learn about uh, chapters. That guy <laughs> sounds really cool. You don't expect that kind of thing to happen on the East Coast, you know? A man jerking off in a chapters, and if you're not if you're not familiar with chapters as a uh, as a store, uh, it's a it's a Barnes and Noble chain. of Canada. Yes, imagine what would drive a man to to masturbate in a bookstore. It's I know. I wonder what he was looking at. I mean, that would be a nice uh, bit of info to get for Bryn. He probably doesn't know, but I wonder what Chapters was looking at while he was tricking off. Hmm. Maybe a fantasy novel, like the the covers of a lot of those fantasy novels. Yep. have some pretty hot babes on them. Um, yeah. Or maybe Chapters is sensitive. Maybe it was like chicken soup for the soul. And he just, (laughs) he couldn't help himself. This is really helping me. Yeah. Um, Also, hearing the name of the the hat store, this this very, this prominent hat store in a town of 2,000 people, um, it's called Hat Junkie. And you hear the word junkie, and of course, your mind starts making associations. And I'm thinking of like, oh, imagine... Someone who is a hat junkie out there on the east coast of Canada, you know? Um, someone who's, like, spending all their money on new headwear all the time, ruining their relationships and their family and their career. <laughs> it just it, it calls to mind just this seedy world of someone who's addicted to hats, you know? Yeah. This guy's out behind a KFC sucking dick for hats. <laughs> you know, it happens. Listen. 
you know people are hat guys or not hat guys, right? Yeah. Yes. And if you're a hat guy, you got to have a hat. And if you're broke, you got to find a way to get a hat by any means necessary. Absolutely. You know, you know, um, hat guys, right? It's usually guys who are balding. Not always, but they have a lot always. of hats. Yeah. But yeah, it's quite a stark picture. Um, also, I want to hear more and more and more about these unexplained uh, holiday fires. The I. The idea of a church, you know, which is a place of worship. It's the house of God, to be frank. The idea of a church burning down on Halloween, that reminds me of like a uh, a, a Clive Barker horror movie or a Stephen King story. D- do you know what I mean? I mean, look, I'm a lot, like I brought up before, I'm kind of the, the twisted voice on the podcast. So to me, that actually sounds kind of fucking cool. But... Mm. I get to you that's scary because you're, you know, like a Catholic good boy. To me, it's like funny. You think it's funny when a church burns down on Halloween? All right, Dude, I'm just that messed up. Yeah, I do think it's funny. I'd probably laugh. If I was at that fucking fire, I probably would have laughed my ass off. You'd be going, oh, no, what can I do? How do I put out the fire? I'd be going, can I set it even more? You wouldn't say that. Imagine if the priest was, you know, trying to like s- s- save whatever he could from inside, like a some Bibles and maybe, uh, I don't know, holy water or hosts. You would just laugh at him. Hell yeah! You know what I'd be doing? I'd make a quick trip down to Party City, the Halloween store. I'd buy red face paint. I'd cover my face in red like a devil, and I'd run up and be like, "I said this," <laughs> and just to freak huh? the guy out. I'm t- Mike. You're doing a podcast with a guy who is f- effed up. Okay, like that. All right. How do you not know this about me? Of I mean, I know. I do know reaction. I just, I stupidly keep imagining you're going to change. We're modern. Um, we're the odd couple for the 2020s. Okay. Yes. But it's not like I'm messy. You're neat. It's like I am totally effed up. I watch porn all the time. I'm on drugs, <laughs> and I hate God. And you're an uptight Catholic loser. So, this is our dynamic, dude. I guess it is a lot like a modern odd couple. Yeah. It's odd couple um, for the Twitter, Twitch, TikTok generation. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm James, and we're the odd couple for the TikTok generation. <laughs> um, well, Bryn, I just got to say once more, thank you for your report. The town you grew up in, it sounds, I, I said it last week, but it would make perfect sense for this town to be on like a Netflix thriller show. It just sounds so messed up. So many crazy things are happening. Imagine an episode where we see the interior life of, of the character Chapters and uh, what led him to, uh, you know, to whip it out and go to town on himself in a bookstore. I'd watch. Absolutely. Yeah, I could see it as a David Fincher vehicle mm-hmm. or something, you know, It'd be very interesting. Yes. yes. Oh, well, yes. Thank you very much. And, uh, Great job, Bryn. Follow Bryn on Twitter at Brintendo64 for more updates. Please do. Well, Mike, um, I think, uh, why don't we take a break and, and come back with our guest? Sure. And welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got a very exciting uh, guest once again this week. Jasmine White Gloves is the principal creative force behind Montreal band No Joy, whose new album Motherhood is out now. But most importantly, Jasmine is, I believe, my second cousin. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what what is it called? Is it second cousin? That what is the? How do you define? 
I I don't I, know anything about family trees. My mom told me she worked it out for me on like a napkin <laughs> that we are second cousins because my our, mom and your mother are, mom are first cousins. Yeah, I think that's it. Our our mothers are cousins, so then we are cousins. <laughs> Whether we like it or not, okay. <laughs> I'm looking it up right here, guys. A second cousin is someone who shares a great grandparent with you. Oh, that's great. pretty distant. <laughs> Is that is not that to the, burst your bubble? It's great that you're related, but so okay, so we're not so second na- cousins. Nanny, Our, nanny White must have been the the, the one, the one. The, she was the one. <laughs> nanny White. Shout out to Nanny White. I think. Yeah. I think. Was that her first name? That's nanny how, White. Yeah. That's oh, how wow. we know. <laughs> James, who's your most cool or rockin' cousin? Because I don't want to leave you out of here. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I only have three cousins, and they all work for banks in London, England. So not right. really a lot of rockers in that uh, group. They're all great, though. Um, very nice. Um, yeah. Well, that's a, I, I. I need to tell you, Jasmine, that I've I've met your mom. So we've met one time, I think, before a No Joy show at I yeah. think that's the Velvet Underground. I Toronto think so. Venue. Yeah. And it was a great show. But I've met your mom twice over the past like five years at funerals. Yeah. <laughs> and your mom is really cool. And I feel embarrassed because um, I think the last time I saw your mom, uh, she came up to me and my older brother, Terrence. And it was just before legalization happened in Canada. And she was like, hey, are you guys excited that legalization is about to happen? And we were like... Oh, actually, we don't. We're, we're not uh, pot smokers. And then she was like, "Oh, <laughs> not very cool." <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, my mom is the chillest. She's like, ironically, my sister and I n- neither of us smoke weed at all. Like, and I and not for any reason. I think it had that reverse effect where, like, when your parents do something, then the kids like that's not cool. <laughs> so, like, my. Parents are like real cool hippie stoners, and the kids are just like, "No, can't do what the parents do." So yeah, wow, she's she's the coolest. Did you ever even smoke uh, cigarettes? And you don't have to answer that question if it's uh, too personal. (laughs) Uh, I had in high school. I tried it, um, but it was I was never a smoker. No, that's hard in Quebec. It must be hard uh... (laughs) to not smoke. Is that real? I know that's the stereotype, but is that does that seem real to you that everybody smokes in Quebec? Um, you know, I never did a, a side by side like comparison. To be honest, right? Oh, you but, must. <laughs> but I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, hmm. I have a memory of like as a kid visiting my grandmother and going to like the Depanneur, like the corner shop for people not in Quebec. And you could buy like Lucy's, like loose cigarettes for like 15 cents. Do you, Out of a does jar? that ring a bell? <laughs> Was kind this of. the 1920s? In <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old times. I mean, I feel like I feel like I have a memory of that too, but I don't know if it's real or not. <laughs> That's wild. I love that they're called Lucy's too. I've never heard that. <laughs> Going to the shop for a Lucy. <laughs> wow. Um <clears throat> so uh, congratulations on you. your new album, Motherhood, which is getting across the board uh, rave reviews. Um, Thank you. It's very exciting, and uh, you basically did it like because no joy. I 
introduce you as a band, but it, it is more of a, like, is it a, would you say it's a solo project now or? Yeah, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's gone through a lot of different forms over the years. And, um, a, as of now, yeah, it's like, a I I like to make this comparison, which is really unwarranted, but if you know Nine Inch Nails, you know how like Trent Reznor is Nine Inch Nails, but it's a band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's uh you know it's a similar thing where there's a band and we play as a band but um i'm the principal songwriter now but it had been a it has gone through different formations so if you are the trent Reznor of your band did you record your most recent <laughs> album in a house where a murder happened <laughs> <laughs> no no uh the this one was written over kind of a longer period of time of, of like over five years so possibly in one of those places there was a murder at some point but it was written all good over. point. Yeah. Or at least a low, a lower grade crime. Like maybe. Yeah. Maybe some you know, petty thefts. Yeah. Something. A robbery. Tax evasion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no joy wrote this album in a house where a guy did tax evasion. <laughs> you know, that's, that's entirely possible. Entirely possible. <laughs> and is it like, it must be, I, I've never been a, uh, an acclaimed uh, musician, but are you frustrated that you can't, tour this new record or are you like kind of happy to be able to take a a breather it's yeah i i feel like it's um it's funny because usually after i put out a record i'm like bye and i leave for two months or two years basically and you're just touring nonstop. so now it's a little bit like okay what do we do now um part of it is relief because some of these songs are insanely hard to play live and I was practicing and not improving. So there's, (laughs) there's that aspect where I'm like, okay, phew, I don't have to play that one. Um, but it is, yeah, I do. I do miss it. And it is a big part of what I do. So it's kind of weird to not be doing it. What do you, what do you like about touring when you're out on the, on the road? Um, you know, there's the, the aspect of, the travel aspect where you get to see a new place every day, which is exciting. Um, And some of the places I've been to enough times that I have like favorite things to do there, which is fun. Um, Mm. Yeah. What's your favorite thing when you pull into Toronto, which is where we record this show? Um, You know, Toronto's known for its, uh, its food. Uh, Where's the one restaurant in Toronto that you love to, uh, you always check out when you're here? You know, it often depends on the venue because sometimes Toronto is always the show or whenever we play Toronto, there's, we have some, or I have so many friends there, obviously, and family like you. So then it's like, kind of like a, ah, so many people to see in such a short period of time before the show. So often it's like a big rush to like see people. And then there's usually like five minutes before um, it's time to play and I have to get food. But there is really great vegan stuff and really great sushi. that's way cheaper than here, so I usually like to do a cheap sushi really? run. Yeah, I guess because yeah. we're right, we're right on the lake. You got <laughs> <laughs> the Lake Ontario sashimi is uh, the freshest <laughs> in the land. Well, yeah. So I don't know, but I, I get, I don't know if there's like one particular place because sometimes the venues are far away from stuff, and you never have enough time to do everything. Toronto, I usually yeah. reserve for just seeing people. You know? Right. I bet your places you used to eat are all closed now or <laughs> about to close. I Is everything not. closing in Montreal too? Like every good place seems to be oh. shutting its doors. Uh, 
Right now, it doesn't seem so, but honestly, I don't. I haven't really been out too much. So it's possible next time I take a walk, I'll be like, oh, shit. Seems like people are hanging in there so far, I hope. I know. Yeah, me too. It's been crazy. Yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff has been closing here because it was sort of closing already because of high rent and stuff, right? I think before COVID and now it's like, oh, really? And I heard some news about Sneaky D's. Is that true? I think they think it might. Uh, yeah, I think they well, said that they'll reopen, though, if they if they have to shut it down at that location. I played my first show ever at Sneaky D's. It was terrible. Really? It was terrible. <laughs> it was really? horrendous. It was the first live performance I ever did. I was like, I want to play somewhere where it's not local. So I don't have like people I know see me fuck up so badly. So I went to Toronto <laughs> and just fucked up in front of a bunch of people I didn't know. <laughs> so Is are that you, when co- you were. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Mike. Oh, was that when you were like a performing as a bad flirt? Or yeah, yeah, that was like way at the beginning of that, the like first show ever. Right. So and for you travel all the way just <laughs> to have a bad time at Sneaky D's, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear. So yeah. for you, is it so like the like being in the studio and coming up with stuff, you know, that you can take your time with and you know make it just right? Is is like that's what you love to do more than kind of like perform live uh, would be like a little bit, would it be secondary to what is that? Or is that is performing live kind of like a thing you have to, to do, but yeah. what you love doing is being in the studio. I would say, yeah, I would say I definitely am more in my element in the studio. However, there's I, my relationship with performing live is like a love hate where, and I feel like sometimes that, that kind of, demonstrates itself in the shows where I I'm always stressed out I always think everything's gonna break I'm really shy I don't always want to be on stage I don't want to talk to the audience so it's like a a battle sort of but it's a necessary battle that I have with myself so do you you have like so what's your banter like like that I feel like that is tough like (laughs) good band banter I don't do it I don't do it because it's it barely exists like I prefer shows to be like 30 minutes super loud you don't understand what's going on. And then when it's over, it's like, what? Um, so I, I never talk unless it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I'll do a thank you or, you know, if there's something to be said. But I, I'll never do the like, the merch is in the back or like, we have a new record. <laughs> right. like, I can't. I just, I'm not funny enough to, to like start talking. Like, so there was one show. There was one show we played. We played in Tel Aviv. Wow. And yeah, like four years ago or five years ago. And there was like this drink called 2B60, which I thought was like this cool drink, but I think it's the equivalent to Baby Duck or like, I don't know, like <laughs> Lemoncello Club stuff. Anyway, we all drank it and apparently it makes you hallucinate. And then that show, <laughs> I talked a lot. Everyone wow. was talking. Everybody was performing. Garland on the drums was like talking into his snare mic. Everyone was talking, but that would probably be the only time that that I really talked. Wow, what was that yeah. called? That drink? Two B sixty. Two B sixty. If anybody can, this makes me can, think of like, UB forty. What it is? <laughs> like I don't know it what up. it is. Two B sixty. T U B I. I think is how it's spelled. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know what it is. Maybe oh, I don't want you know it. what? It comes up. Two B sixty liqueur. Yeah, yeah. It's just a liqueur called Two B sixty. Okay. 
Do you remember any of the visions you had when you were freaking out on stage? Uh, Or any of the jokes you made? I do because somebody filmed it and sent it to me and I was mortified. (laughs) Mortified. Because it's one of those shows, it was one of those shows that you're like, you know when you're watching a band and you can tell that they think it sounds really good and they're rocking out and they're having a great time, but it <laughs> sounds terrible and like looks really bad. It was one of those <laughs> where like we were, we were really uh, feeling it, but it just sounded so very bad. Yeah. Apparently 2P60 <laughs> does not give you a hangover, but is notorious for creating hallucinations. Okay. So okay. I don't know if you had a hangover. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is it like, do musicians are often playing pretty drunk or whatever, I guess. Like, does that, are, do you guys, when you play, like, is that common for you to have a few drinks and does that loosen it up or, or does it make you sloppy? Um, I've, I've done both. You know, I've done, if, especially if it's a long tour, I'll probably just like have water because <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to, uh, it's, you don't have it's a, a big, like a big glass of a 2B60 always <laughs> at your side. It's a bit, I do, I, in the past, I would have a glass of red wine on stage. Um. Mm. That's been the move to do just like one or two glasses. Uh, but also kind of depends, you know, if you're playing early, you don't want to, you don't want to get drunk at like four in the afternoon and then just, I don't know. It depends. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll do a glass of wine probably as my, <laughs> my stage, but I have done a bottle before. So it, it varies. <laughs> varies on the that. James, you, when you perform, um, you you are a notorious red wine drinker too. <laughs> I think red wine really puts you in a real fun zone. Like you know, for me it does. It just agrees with my body, and that's that's fun. James, red wine, red wine, James, red wine, James. I, it yeah. gives you a little liquid courage for yeah. me to sing. It's a little bit of a boost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, speaking of banter, I remember when I was in at like university, my my friend had a band and. I would go to see them play all the time and they were, they were fun, you know, and, and, um, the lead singer was terrible at banter, but (laughs) always did it too much. And he was a philosophy student and he would be like, Oh yes. Uh, you know, uh, much like, uh, Aristotle or whatever, like say these things. And they had to like basically talk to him to hopefully banter less. He's very funny and a great guy. A banter intervention. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Banter's a tough thing. I've seen it done where it's incredible. Like, there's bands that I didn't even really like, but then I'd see them play, and then the banter, like the Strokes, for example. I wasn't a huge fan of the Strokes, but then I saw them live, and his banter was so funny that I was like, okay, I'm on board now. I get it. (laughs) So sometimes it can work in the favor, but it's just more often than not pretty bad. Yeah, fair enough. Um. Uh, so, like most of my f- extended family lived in Montreal or st- or still do, um, and I have a m- memory of being. I think I was like ten years old, and my older brother was maybe twelve, and our parents let us go. We were like we were into metal. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just following my brother's lead, but my parents let us take the subway to uh, the old Montreal Forum when I was like nine or ten to see a package metal show called operation rock and roll whoa <laughs> that had it was like the headliner sounds like a like military Ju- operation you know like <laughs> yes desert thousands <storm>. dead 
um, it was yeah. The headliners were like uh, Judas Priest, Alice Whoa. Cooper, uh, Motorhead were supposed to be there, but um, Lemmy apparently had trouble at the border. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> One can only imagine what happened. They're like, well, you know, um, a terrible band called Metal Church and a terrible band called Dangerous Toys opened, Ooh. and it was so loud. I thought I was going to die because I was. <laughs> I'd never experienced anything before that. The only concert I'd been to was like an Irish Rovers show that I went to with my mom. <laughs> your little ears. You were if yeah. you were nine, your ears were still probably growing or yeah. something. <laughs> Judas Priest destroyed them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is not a very cool statement on my end, but I actually do think concerts are too loud. You know? <laughs> like, I feel like you shouldn't have to put in earplugs. Like, why not just make it a bit quieter? You just turn into, like, Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace. <laughs> well, why are we all standing there with earplugs in our ears? Why is the volume just not down a bit? This is just my Well, you guys take. are known for extreme volume, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I like volume as a as a tool for um sort of like volume can create different emotions. It, I've been to shows that were so loud they made me nauseous. Mm-hmm. Um volume incorporated with different lights can create some sort of, you know, mm. stimulation. Uh I I tend to get irked out by the shows that are too quiet. When it's so quiet and you're like, you can hear me drinking a thing and I have to go, my phone rings. I'm like, fuck, sorry. Uh, I, I tend <laughs> to like the louder shows, to be honest, but. Interesting. But I'm also made probably you nauseous? like. You're the deaf. rocker, so I'll defer <laughs> uh, to you. <laughs> my Bloody Valentine, actually, in Toronto. Oh. Yeah, oh. In, in that Toronto. was the loudest. Did you say that was the loudest show you saw? Uh, That was one of the loudest shows, for sure. For sure. they, um, For sure. That one, I think. There's been quite a few like shows that were punishingly loud, but that that was definitely one of them because they also did they were that was the tour they were I, I don't know if they still do this but they do that what they call the Holocaust of noise <laughs> um, where they do like 24 minutes of just noise and strobe so it wow. was very uh, very intense but also like just I don't know you're yeah you're you're kind of experiencing something that your body is rejecting at the same time. So it's very <laughs> crazy. It's like a roller coaster. Like you're not supposed to be going at that speed at that angle. And your body's like, what are you doing? So it's kind of like the same feeling. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if they like when they first started doing that so-called Holocaust of noise, if they were like, this is exciting. But then if, just like anything else, it just becomes routine. And if like at the end of the tour, they're like, oh God, it's time for the <laughs> fucking Holocaust of noise again. I'm hungry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they still do it, but I don't even know if they still tour, to be honest. <laughs> Mike, was it was there anything like that when you saw the Irish Rovers? People were barfing and passing out. <laughs> A man's eyes just started bleeding. It was insane during the unicorn. So you've played, I guess, everywhere, but I mean, are any real notable places that stand out? Um, I mean, everywhere, everywhere is cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everywhere is cool. Uh, there's some places I haven't been to yet that I would love to go, like Australia, Japan. Mm. We haven't been able to go yet. Um, but you know, every every place is exciting in its own way, and mm. uh, 
Yeah. Even even like Moncton. <laughs> I haven't played Moncton. <laughs> I mean, not with Nojo, I don't think. But I I I do like there's something about that too. Then when when stuff is like so bleak and so not exciting, and you're like, oh, there's one vegetarian restaurant, and it's like a <laughs> two hour walk from this gas station. Let's go, and you like go on a little adventure. And there's something you can find. You know, you can find stuff to do everywhere. Well, I brought up Moncton, and it is home to um, Magnetic Hill, which I've been to. I don't know if you if you went there when you played. But it's it. I mean, it's weird that I'm bringing this up, but you it's this, you know, it's the main tourist thing there <laughs> and you drive your car just to this road and you drive up to a spot and you put it in neutral and you roll backwards. But it looks like you're you. It looks like sorry. It looks like you're rolling uphill. Right. But it's not. It's just a illusion. And that's it. You drive <laughs> there, you put it in neutral, What's you roll per- for 10 seconds and then you go, well. That's it. That's Moncton, baby. <laughs> Once per episode, James likes to um, tip his hat to one of Canada's uh, tourist attractions. So this week, <laughs> it's Magnetic Hill. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And it's right by a mini putt. It's great. Which is good. I wanted to ask you about like the sort of like uh, the change in in sound with No Joy over the years. Like um, when you started, it was very like guitar focused. And now it's become... Uh, more electronic and stuff is that music you were always interested in like i it took me a long time to get into like synths and and music that was like programmed because i was stuck in like a weird rock thing in my mind but now it's basically all i listen to i i always listen to it um specifically on this album i was like thinking about acts that i loved growing up that were like not rock but not electronic they were just sort of like one in particular is Massive Attack, where you're like, what is this? Is it a band? Is it a DJ? Right. Is it a, what is it? Um, and that whole era of music where it was kind of both, but or none of them. Um, hmm. So I was always intrigued by that. I always love that. Um, things that, to me, sounded kind of like you know, to use the term shoegaze, like I would consider stuff like Boards of Canada kind of like a ambient shoegaze in a way, because it it uses the same sort of, I don't know, some of the same techniques as one would do if they were writing a shoegaze song on guitar. Um, so I always I always listen to electronic stuff as well. I just never really, cl- I don't really classify it that way in my right. mind. I just listen to like whatever is happening, you know. I think I might be a few years older than you, but I definitely, when I went to school, there were definite camps of like, I'm a rocker, I'm a rapper, and <laughs> you didn't, uh, you couldn't cross over or else you'd yeah. be punished. <laughs> <laughs> James, were yeah. you a rapper or a, a rocker uh, as a kid? I was a rocker, but I also <laughs> was in high school when rap and rock collided. Oh, yes. And then I was there. I was. How did the you feel about that marriage at the time? <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I still love it. And I'm going to say because rap rock gets a bad, or new metal, I should say, mm-hmm. probably gets a bad rap. For, no, that's not a pun on the word rap. <laughs> um, because it got really bro It got really yeah. like, I, I kind of, in my mind, it's the same thing as like um, hair metal or like cock rock. It's, it was like really yeah. bro and gross. But right before that, there was some really fascinating stuff happening. 
specifically with one of my favorite bands, the Deftones. I oh, I the, love the Deftones. Yeah. They're one of my yeah. favorite bands too. Yeah, I think that that was like bordering on experimental, like rock and not new metal. But then, like Maverick made them rap on that one song, and then they're they're suddenly new metal. Um, oh, I there's a lot of stuff. Even like early Corn is like, what the hell is going on? Like it's really bizarre and weird yeah. and inaccessible, and then. It's not super masculine either. There's, there's hmm. like, yeah. And so, so new metal for me, I kind of, once like Linkin Park showed up, I, I was kind of out of there and got into like snobby indie stuff. But pre that, I was very much into stuff like Faith No More also. Yeah. Um, right. That like was technically rap rock, but, or rap <laughs> new metal, but, uh, a little you're bit different. T- you're totally right. I remember at that time because I liked, you know, rock and then it's rap rock. And I was like, you know, because it had this bro connotation, I was like, I hate this. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of rap rock, it would make you think of like weird racist white guys in Florida or something. You know what I exactly. mean? Like skinny dudes in like uh, undershirts or whatever. Yeah. But, they took the- yeah. Hmm. Like, you know, yeah, like I think of like, st- I mean, Stained wasn't really rap rock, but they were kind of new metal, right? They were really yeah. big. Obviously, yeah. Limp Biscuit. Maybe yeah. Limp Biscuit was kind of the entrance way into bro new metal. I, I think so. I think, you know, I think back to like bands that I, I listen to, like Crazy Town. And you yeah. can, and they're like, <laughs> right. you know, they're taking the worst aspects of rap, yeah. like the worst, the like lowest <laughs> common denominator stuff and the worst stuff of hard rock or metal and putting those together. And it's just like awful. Um, but when you have something like, Deftones, for example, and White Pony, where they're they have a DJ, but he's doing like ambient stuff in the background, or he's adding beats to a heavy song. They're taking like the some of the interesting aspects of both kinds of music and putting them together. So mm. yeah, but there's a ton of shitty new metal. But I I'm really glad that you like that because I always feel like I have really embarrassing bad music taste, especially <laughs> compared to Mike and Chris and my other friends. But I love that album, White Pony, and I'm so glad it's, someone with cool taste also likes it. <laughs> it's an incredible record. I, I it That's really on back to school. Yeah, so good. I and it's truly like, uh, for sure, like top five for me of all time. Wow. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, it's funny talking about new metal because the uh, your new record does have, um some new metal influences and in fact your your sister right sings on a track with you who is uh well known in the metal community have you guys worked together before no never this was we were we're never in the same place at the same time and it just so happened that we were tracking the record and she was in town so i was like okay we have to do something together so cool nice well that's yeah that worked out is is she in montreal now or is she in, in she's Europe? all over she yeah she's <laughs> all the way back to all over the place but yeah she she's also such a pro that like when we asked when i asked her to to sing on the song she like came up with it in one take and i was literally doing my vocals for like six months <laughs> like it took me so long she's like oh okay and like got it done right away um because she's just such an incredible vocalist that her ideas she just comes up with shit right away and is like incredible pitch perfect amazing so wow. it was, yeah it was fun were were you and your sister elisa like did did you like take 
I'm trying to think back to like I took guitar lessons. I, I think you you may have as well, James. Were did you take guitar lessons or, or vocal lessons, both of you, when you were growing up, Jasmine? No, self taught, self taught. Um, nice. On yeah, I mean, I did like school plays where we, we yes. sang, you know, musicals and stuff like that. Um, I know Elisa's not as self taught as well. I think she's had like uh, a few coaches help her recently with like you know, saving your voice when you're screaming, like not teaching her how to sing, but more like techniques to save her voice. Cause when you're on tour for like so long screaming every night, but we're both right. self-taught and just kind of, it got to that point where, you know, you're, you're self-taught. And then there's like a no looking back time where like, oh, I can't just start taking lessons now. Cause I figured out how to play this way. And if I take lessons, I'm going to be confused. So let's just keep right going. So yeah, self-taught on everything. I remember <laughs> reading a, a thing that Billy Corgan tried to do singing lessons and then <laughs> concluded he couldn't be taught. <laughs> Teacher, I'm too far advanced. <laughs> I'm too far advanced. But there's also that level of like, um, I was reading just recently, actually, I was reading an interview where uh, with Tricky, who's also a, a, an artist I really like, and Bjork told him, never take vocal lessons because the melodies you come up with are so fucked up that if you took lessons, you would start like looking at your melodies from a technical point of view. And right now you're looking at them from just such a <laughs> out of nowhere. And so I kind of, I kind of agree with that. It's like hmm. not knowing what you're doing sometimes allows you the freedom to just like make mistakes and try stuff that shouldn't work, but that could work right. if you try. Interesting. It. So, yeah. I, I remember. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that's sort of true to some degree with uh comedy in some ways too. Because uh, sometimes if, if things are by rote, it'll start sounding like everything else. Like if you if you pay too much attention to the to structure, sometimes it, it will sound like how everyone else sounds. Yeah, and there's like there is a weird advantage to feeling like you don't know what you're doing, but then it sounds a little more original. I uh, talking about teachers. I remember in high school, I also did the plays. Uh, we did musicals, and. Um, Everyone who was doing musicals started at the same time taking vocal uh, lessons from this woman who had been an opera singer, apparently, in New York. And um, I remember, like, going to her house and trying to sing these, like, Italian songs. And I was so terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But my guitar teachers were uh, kind of cooler. There was one guy who had, like... um, long hair and he wore like a leather jacket and he always started each lesson by playing the theme song from Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, sick. <laughs> I, that's a good song. Yeah, it's a really good <laughs> classic. <laughs> so good. And then I switched to a, another guitar uh, teacher uh, who stopped using like the music school and it was just like, just come to my basement, come to my house. And he lived in his mom's basement and would just smoke while he like showed me how to play a chord. And as a kid, I was like, this guy is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) James, did you take lessons? I did take guitar lessons. And it was funny when you were saying that your guitar teacher had long hair and a leather jacket. I thought, oh, that's funny. My guitar teacher had long hair, but a jean jacket. Oh. Different type. Different Different type. And he he, he would wear the jean jacket and jeans. Uh, He'd rock that all the time. And... 
Uh, somebody told me that he was dating a mom of one of his <laughs> students, I think, and he was like like a year older than me, and I was like sixteen, Whoa. something Whoa. like that. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Cheers to him. <laughs> Listeners, if you have any uh, wild stories of your former music teachers, be sure to tweet us at LT Pogmess. I think we're onto something here. Yeah. Also, when I was about 10, I took piano lessons from an older lady, and I, I have no info on her. Um, <laughs> you guys life. should do a, a recap episode, like interview your old teacher, see where they're at now. <laughs> it's a good idea. <laughs> I think Margaret Snellgrove, who was my piano teacher, I think she's long been dead, but <laughs> maybe I can... <laughs> Get a Ouija board, contact yeah. her up. <laughs> maybe she's mad at me. I remember she tried to teach me a, a boogie woogie. She was like... Oh. A, What's uh, a boogie woogie? I don't know. She was like the oldest woman alive. She was like a <laughs> stereotypical, like kind of uptight piano teacher. And she tried to teach me, like, uh, using sheet music, a boogie woogie that she said that Liberace used to play. <laughs> Just I think... whatever a 12-year-old boy is dying to learn. <laughs> Mother, teach me what Liberace is playing. Some boogie oh. woogie, please. <laughs> the girls would line up for a chance to date me. <laughs> I'll be the most popular boy in my Oshawa High School. The hockey team was jealous. <laughs> Ah, that damn kid's playing that Liberace boogie woogie again. We can't get a lead. <laughs> oh, my <sighs> goodness. <laughs> we, um, Mike, I mean, this is a, probably a terrible topic, but you brought up the uh, 90210 theme. I was like, I, I don't know what I was doing. I was going through like 90s and 80s TV show themes. Um, have you ever heard the Silver Spoons theme? Yeah. What a banger. I concluded that like Silver Spoons, <laughs> um, MacGyver, and uh, is it Growing Pains? Just all bangers. What's the one where it's like, um, oh, oh, fuck, how does it go? Shit. Oh, yeah. Show me that smile. Uh, yeah. Show me that smile. Well, no, that was it... written by Alan Thicke. He, would, right. he, he wrote a bunch of TV theme songs. Yeah. I think he wrote the... Facts of Life theme song as well. You know, he was he had a finger in every TV pie, you know? <laughs> he really did. Yeah. Is there like a other than Big Bang Theory? Mm-hmm. Are there still like theme songs? Great question. Not really. Cuz those are so good. Like Even I know one, some Yeah. Yeah, sometimes there's like uh probably like score or something, but like an actual like catchy yeah. song. Yeah. That hasn't because intros are also they were longer. I felt like the intros they would go through every character and show their name and their right. You know, <laughs> they tell whole backstory. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's kind of it's just like burp and the show's yeah. logo. But yeah, there's friends. The last show that really leaned into a catchy song. Yeah. Damn. I remember. I may have told this story before on, on our podcast, but I remember uh, as a teenager seeing <laughs> there was some like feature on like, coming up next, we meet the man who wrote the theme song for Seinfeld. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, got to watch this. And then they did like a little feature on him and I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is crazy because I couldn't wrap my mind around how he was like, yeah, I wrote the theme song for Seinfeld and I'm actually, I'm not a trained musician. And I was like... <laughs> Wow! How? Oh, That's amazing. Man. 
that it's is- funny Im- imagining like a uh, an open mic stand-up sort of like p- getting pumped up to walk toward doing a show and listening to the Seinfeld theme on his <laughs> earphones or something. As though it's Lose Yourself by Eminem. <laughs> it's a good theme song. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's a classic. You know, you know what's yeah. another good banger that just occurred to me? No vocals, but how about the Night Court theme? Oh, yeah. That, that rock. good. Yeah. Funky as Ooh. hell. You have yeah. slap bass on the new album, too. Tons. Did, did Tons. you ever try and track down the, the Night Court bassist <laughs> to, <laughs> to do that? A little guest spot? The slap bass, I give full credit, that was George Elbrecht who wrote and produced with me. That was, And the slap bass always started with, like, a, in the demo, it'd be like a synth bass or a regular bass. But then when we got to the studio, we were like, should we do a slap bass? Let's just try. <laughs> Let's just do it and see. And every time we're like, yeah, okay, now we have to keep it. So there's slap bass on nearly every song. So. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. That, that moment of you like making the decision, like I'm picturing you like tossing and turning in the middle of the night, like <laughs> slap bass, yes or no? Yes or no? <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of decisions like that where we're just like, Let's just try it. And then it would be like, let's keep the stupidest decision in there. And they ended up being some of my favorite stuff because, I don't know. Slap bass gets a bad rap. It's kind of, slap bass is pretty metal too. Mm-hmm. Like, like not to bring up Faith No More again, but that's like a, that's a heavy <laughs> band that's got some slap bass in there. So it can be kind of disco, but it can also be like, you know, rocking. Too. Right. It always seemed the, like the pe- the people who were really into bass players were like your weird friend a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people who are really into Les Claypool. Yeah, yeah. Or Fieldy from Corn. Oh yeah. <laughs> my friend my friends were in band in, bands in high school and they would always talk about how Fieldy would have his bass tuned really weirdly low or something. Yeah. Yeah, you got drop A, <laughs> drop B. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Ha- got to get that Have you ever met sound. um Mr. Claypool as I call him? Or cross uh, paths? I have never, no, I have never crossed paths with Mr. Claypool yet. Maybe someday. Mike and I have talked a lot about Primus, and we have friends who love Primus. I, I like, just, I don't get it. Like, I, I just don't get it. And, and it's the kind of band I thought, oh, I'll get, I'll get the deal, even if I don't love it. But I really don't quite get it. I guess I'm a loser. <laughs> There's Maybe a lot to more... get. You know, it's like, it's hard to get. Primus, because there's the whole world of like Primus fans to get through. You have to look past, you know, you have to look past yeah. that to get to Primus. But that sounds right. They 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 got some bangers. Do you remember the guitar player from Limp Biscuit? Like, remember that guy? He had he would wear West like Borland. contacts. West oh, West Borland. That's right. Yeah, yeah. he had I underrated. Think, a, I think he had a side project that was like a Primacy kind of thing. Like he, I felt like if he was left to his own devices, he would have been like a not a Limp Bizkit I, man. I think so too. I I have a theory also because I think he 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 did a DJ set. Um, crap, I can't remember. <laughs> Honestly, he did a DJ set. I can't remember where, and it was sick. It was like ambient. Wow. Yeah, it was sick. And so I think he was pro- just not knowing them. And this is me just speculating, but I would think that he was the one that was like, really. <laughs> he, I mean, he didn't always look super broy. I felt like he was more in line with like a Marilyn Manson yeah. thing than a Limp Bizkit thing. Um, it felt like he was doing his little mild protest in the videos by like yeah. wearing yeah. funny contacts. <laughs> yeah. That's apparently what um, in, in I loved Weezer when I was younger. 
And uh, Matt Sharp, the bass player, was like, didn't want to just be the bass player. So he's so in videos, he's always they, he sort of insisted that he do something weird or funny or like wear a funny hat or something because he didn't want to just be the bass uh, player. Rivers, I'm more than just a bass player. I can also wear a funny hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah, okay. It's funny that like, because Les Claypool, not, not to talk too much about Les Claypool, but he has like at least one side project. I think it's Oysterhead or something. And it's like, Primus is a weird band. It's like weird, whimsical carnival kind of metal stuff and you'd think that his side project would be like something totally different but it's just like here's my other weird music band he's <laughs> to mix it up he's a, he's a weirdo full weirdo yeah um <laughs> have you have you like in in, ter- in your touring and meeting other bands and musicians like have you met someone that you thought what a cool what a cool unexpected weirdo or an interesting <laughs> weird person i wasn't expecting to be Oh wow! Yeah, trying or, to now think of yeah. Has a celebrity ever appeared like backstage afterwards, or like have you seen a celebrity in the crowd? Maybe um, Matt Damon or something. Have you ever looked out <laughs> and seen? Or uh... um, I'm trying to remember. I would say the closest celebrity encounter I had was it was on a day off from tour, mm-hmm. and we were in London, mm-hmm. kind of close to where your cousins are doing banking. Oh, right. and and. Uh, we were being super touristy because we had the day off. So we're like, let's go. And it was the, the Queen's like tea party or tea garden party or something that day. Mm-hmm. So there was a ton of cars and it was really busy. And our tour manager was from the UK. And he said, okay, like he saw a couple guys with machine guns. And he was like, <laughs> let's go stand over there. So we went and we like went towards the guys with machine guns. Lucky we did. Prince Charles and Camilla. Right in front of us. Wow. Right Damn. there in a car. They were, were in they a car. Were holding the machine guns? No. <laughs> <laughs> but they were in a car, super close. And it was just one of those star moments where you're like, I don't know what to do. So I was just waving, like, <laughs> hi. And they waved back. But it was just like, you, you don't know what to do? Because they look like they're such, it's Prince Charles. He lo- you know, he looks exactly like how he does on TV. And you're just like, oh, my God. Is he as good looking in real life as as he looks on TV? He's such a hottie. Yeah, yeah. You can't deny it. He's a hottie. He's a hottie. (laughs) That's a good one. Wow. Yeah, I'd say that's that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of royalty, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I remember once, a few years ago, the like emperor of Japan was doing a tour of Canada, and he was in Toronto, and I was walking around with my brother Terrence again, and... uh, Twice during our walk, we happened without planning it to like cross paths with him, and there was like they were shutting down roads. And uh, I remember my brother; <laughs> he had been he was smoking a cigarette, and the emperor looked over our way and with the cigarette <laughs> in his hand, he he just like waved at the emperor of Japan while smoking uh, smoking a butt. I never thought yeah. I'd hear Mike on the podcast say, "And the emperor looked over our way." <laughs> But see, like, you don't know what to do. You just wave. Like, you're like, yeah. uh, hi, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. You're, it's, what do you do? What do you do when you, you meet an emperor or a prince? <sighs> just don't know. J- James, have you ever met an emperor, a king, a baron? A- <laughs> no, nothing like that. It, it popped into my mind that when I was younger, like in my mid-20s, um, there was I, I love the baseball and the and the Blue Jays and there was a player like at the Eaton Center like you know I don't know signing <laughs> stuff or something and my friend Tim was like 
Aaron Hills at the Eaton Center. You should go. I'm going. So I'm like, okay. I was like, I was in the area or something. And I thought, why not? I don't know. I'll, I'll walk by and see. And then, uh, you know, there was like a, a small line and I, and I just was like, okay. So I thought I'll get, you know, I don't know, my girlfriend a signed picture or whatever. And I went and I started talking to him and I realized like really quick that he was sort of like, get out of here, man. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like older than you. You know what I mean? Like, what am I talking to you? Like, I'm a little boy and you're this like, you know, superhero man. And I'm literally a weird guy older than you alone meeting you. It felt really not cool. Yeah. So not exactly Prince Charles or the emperor, but. Well, pretty close. uh, Former second baseman, Aaron Hill. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I am speaking of that thing of like realizing you're a fan of someone that's younger as i age and i still try and like keep up with new music i realize that like the age disparity between like the hot new (laughs) artists and and my age is growing ever bigger and it's weird to be like (laughs) wow these 17 year olds from um from sweden sound really interesting (laughs) i know i know it's it's funny when you're like i could be Billie eilish's mom <laughs> like very easily, like not without, not like even a question, like very easily. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a confusing time. I I found that like I I watched some video on Facebook and it showed like what was the number one I don't know if it was album or single of of uh, of each year or something like that, and it would kind of scroll through from the seventies, and it was so funny because like I knew and most often liked like all of the songs seventies, eighties, nineties even into 2000s, and then from the 2010s, I didn't even know them. I didn't even know <laughs> I had never heard of the songs or the albums. Yeah. I, f- I feel like, yeah, what's popular has moved away from even me knowing what it is. Yeah, because it's also, there's not like a central way to, it's not like there's the one radio station or the one TV mm. station. Like, it's so fragmented right. that if you don't want to know what something sounds like, it's very easy to avoid it. And it's very easy yeah. to not hear it. Yeah, that's Whereas, true. You know, the 80s, you know, Madonna, she was on TV, she was on the radio, right. she was on the <laughs> magazines, and that, it's like everywhere. But mm. now you can kind of pick your own adventure in terms of what you want to listen to. So you don't have to hear anything you don't want to, unless you're, you know, like my car where you have no aux cable that works and you have to listen to the radio. And then you're just <laughs> like, okay, Selena Gomez, let's, I like, I like Selena Gomez for the record. Mm. So it's fine. <laughs> Is um before we move on to our our uh, final segment here, and I'm very excited for it. Is the Quebec version of Much Music uh, Music Plus is that still around? I don't I don't know. I know that it's no longer they. You know the same way that like uh, was it King and John? What was where was Much Music? It was Queen, Queen and John. And John. Or, yeah, Queen yeah. and John. So Music Plus also had like an iconic corner on Blurry and St. <laughs> Catherine. Where they they had the window where you could go like you know see Lenny Kravitz playing inside and be like whoa hi <laughs> um, they had that and that they left that spot probably over five years ago and it's just been like a construction zone with nothing in there. Um, I hope so Lenny I got out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, <laughs> Lenny. But yeah, I don't I don't know if it's still there, but it, if it is, it's probably just showing like repeats of the Osbournes or something. At this point, I know much music was, I mean, I guess this is a basic topic, but it was cool because like <laughs> you'd, you'd watch, that's just what you watched. And then they would play like cool bands and stuff. They kind of sneak it in there. 
And I yeah. feel like they made a lot of Cana- cool Canadian bands sort of a little bit popular. For sure. For sure. There's a, there's a period of time where like, I definitely think certain bands would like, they, they seem so big now because they had the advantage of being right. on TV Like the Matthew the Good band or, yeah. you know, age of electric. Yes. <laughs> I remember thinking yeah. the inbreds must have been like, oh, these guys must be millionaires because I saw some of their videos on like City Limits yeah. or something. Yeah. Econoline Crush. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Huge. I, I'd like to think that the uh, Music Plus, just like much music, also had a sort of uh, sock puppet character that is now uh, a big part of Quebec politics and uh, just saying the wrong thing all the time. <laughs> Ed, Ed's a little controversial, huh? He's, he's uh, yeah. yeah, he's, uh, I don't know if they had a sock <laughs> puppet. I don't remember, but I feel like it's Quebec. So they had, there had to be a clown some, or yeah, clown. Sort of... Um, I remember there was one show I really liked called Cimetière des Cédés. Um, <laughs> to, to translate, it's the CD cemetery and it was reviews. And the shitty CDs he would just throw into the cemetery and it became this like pot full of like broken CDs where it's just like, it sucks, it sucks, it sucks. Oh boy. It was great. <laughs> to me, a cemetery of CDs, it sounds so so grand. Like it's a, I don't know, like an old French gothic novel or something. Yeah, he would just review. And, and, uh, and he was very thorough with his reviews too. It wasn't, it was like a, I remember making sure to tune in to, to see, like, oh, did they get rated on Cimetière yet? And it would be like <laughs> rated by how many CDs? So like eight CDs, you're you're safe. But like one CD into the Cimetière. Oh, oh wow, wow. That's moist good. got thrown into the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some on YouTube I should find and see if it holds up. Like in my mind, it looks huge, but I bet it right. looks kind of like. <laughs> if only we could get No Joy reviewed on Cimetière. Oh. If only I have to find Claude Rajat or whoever the host was, <laughs> see where they are now. I love Quebec specific celebrities. It's one of my favorite things. I've often joked about the Quebec uh, version of SNL, and there's like what Le Job, the Quebec version of The Office. It just it's yeah. so funny. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah they they got to make everything their own, you know. Yeah. Give their a uh, special twist. <laughs> um, but ironically, it's much better than here for any sort of industry because <laughs> they make these shows. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they get the last laugh. Um, so just before we wrap up, Jasmine, and thank you so much for uh, for talking to us, um, we have started doing a fun uh, segment to end the show. James, would you care to uh, explain what is about to happen? Yes, the segment is called Draft Folder Disasters. No! And uh, we go through our draft folders of tweets we wrote, but decided not to tweet out for whatever reason. Maybe it's bad. Um, and we read them here on the podcast. So, so here we go. Draft folder disasters. Okay, I'll go first. Here's a tweet I wrote, but did not tweet out. <clears throat> Frazier has just invited Marty... Niles, Daphne, Roz, and all of their respective paramours to the cabin for the weekend. My goodness, what could possibly go wrong? Winky face. <laughs> so, I didn't and that tweet was not that tweeted. Out. No, um, 
I was watching, we've been watching Frasier uh, here. I've been watching a, a lot of Frasier. And I just noticed there was about five episodes where they all go to a cabin and then like someone goes in a bedroom and someone thinks someone else is in the bedroom and they go in that bedroom and then there's a lot of <laughs> doors opening and shutting and Frasier's horny. And that's pretty much the, the thing. Well, I like the winky face you threw in at the end. Thank you. <laughs> do you watch? Um, do you uh, watch? Did you watch Frasier? <laughs> Is there Frasier, a Quebec yeah. Frasier? No, but that would have been that would have been. I don't even want to know what the Quebec Frasier would have been. But I did listen to. I did read his autobiography. Oh, so far, uh, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, great, great show. Great show. Really good show. Yeah, really good show. Um. I'm just at the I part, can... I'm just going to throw this out here, I'm just at the part where Daphne's finally found out that Niles loves her, spoiler alert, season seven. So we'll see Ooh. what happens. Yeah, see what, stay tuned. Jasmine, would you like to to show us a draft folder disaster of your own? So it's it's funny, as we were talking, I was, like, right before we started talking, I ha- I was looking at this being like, should I just tweet it? So it says, um... When your hair somehow grows into the Rachel cut, is that actually just your body's trend forecasting? Never mind, this tweet is bad. <laughs> Whoa, you bailed in the tweet. Wow. In the tweet. So I might actually just tweet it. That truly captured the ethos of draft folder disasters. <laughs> just wow. like you already already know it's a bad idea by the time you finish the sentence. So your, your thought is that when your hair grows naturally grows into a Rachel cut. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have had long hair before when you have long hair and a pandemic where you don't really go to get a haircut. Mm -hmm, Um, And also oftentimes when you bleach your hair or you dye your hair, (laughs) uh, you'll get what is called the chemical cut where your hair just like breaks off. And often it breaks off and then forms what looks like the Rachel from Friends haircut. Okay. (laughs) And so it's like, is that just your body's way of saying this is a style you deserve to wear or is it your hair broken off and just happens to be the Rachel cut well if you do tweet it um, you should turn it into a thread and explain it the way you just did to us (laughs) Uh, maybe I should should I just press tweet right now go ahead yeah should I just do it technically you hadn't tweeted it you know before yeah uh, like for this segment so oh my god do I do it tweeted all right Ooh. All right. Well, um, I'll do one. Uh, I have three to choose from here. Let me see here. Um, so this is <laughs> this is a thought from late at night uh, that I didn't tweet, um, and I was trying to make a joke about you know how that gender reveal party uh, ended up burning down a forest. I think it was in where California or I forget where it was. But uh, a lot of people were making jokes about that gender reveal gone wrong, and here was my attempt that I didn't tweet. Here it is. No one ever accidentally burnt down a forest by using a nice, thick, old-fashioned condom. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Mike. It's you should good. that. And, yeah, because I guess I was thinking, yeah, no one, you know, who's used birth control has ever, yeah, burnt down it's so thousands true. of acres. It's true. It's true. Unless, <laughs> unless you have the baby and then that baby grows up to be an arsonist. A twisted fire starter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's good, though, Mike. I like that one. 
Well, maybe I'll tweet that as well, if that's what we're all doing. James, are you going <laughs> to... I mean, I'm not dying to tweet out my Fraser take, but I mean, I can for the sake of the podcast. Right. Oh, oh God. I have another really... It's a really quick one. I was watching Please. the Raptors game last night, and uh, I didn't tweet this, but I had this thought. It's in the form of a quote. Uh, it says, quote, put that orange piss up in the high toilet, end quote. And it says, <laughs> Me, if I were a basketball coach. Oh, wait! I was imagining a coach put calling that the basketball orange piss, orange piss and up in the high toilet. High toilet, and that's yeah. you if you're a coach. That's what I would say if I were a coach. <laughs> so you're like a weird piss freak. Yeah, and the players. Why does like, coach? Ugh, coach is doing his thing again. Just call it. Think of the ball like hard round piss. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when Coach Mike does this. I'm, uh, I'm not going to tweet that one, but uh, there it I, is. I think that's a hit. All right. That's only one way to tweet, find out. And then only your weird <laughs> friends will click like on. Oh, well, Jasmine, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, of to talk. It's nice. It's always nice when two cousins catch up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll see each other at a, hopefully not a funeral. But yeah. maybe some kind of, uh, there's no gatherings anyway, so... Maybe a birth. Maybe our family, uh, someone will have a baby yeah, instead okay. of dying. Yeah. Yeah. Or a wedding or something, something special. What about a cousin's, uh, cousin's get together? You know, all the, all the cousins in your family go to an escape room or, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the cousin jamboree. <laughs> we could try it. We could try it. But James, only if you bring your banker cousins from across the pond. <laughs> All right. Done. <laughs> um, do you have anything uh, coming up you'd like to plug? Uh, well, doing, you know, doing some live streams later this month for Pop Montreal. And right. There's uh, go listen to my new album, I guess. <laughs> and you can get it on uh, Joyful it's- Noise Records. Yes, Dreadful Noise or Handrail Dracula. It's on all the places you can stream it, everywhere you can buy it. It's everywhere. Just, you just have to open your eyes. It's everywhere. Open your eyes. All right. Well, we will link to, uh, to your album and uh, to your tweet. <laughs> I don't think it's going so well. So far, no like. So maybe by the time this comes out, we'll have a better uh, reaction. Oh, we got one like. Oh, let's see nice. How, let's see how it grows. Let's okay. see how beautiful. it grows. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, take care, Jasmine, and uh, Thank nice talking. Thank you so to you. much. Thanks, Jasmine. Bye. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar. So you just got done listening to the new episode of this podcast, and now you're looking for another one to get into. I know what you're thinking, but Cody, the new podcast I want to get into is an improvised comedy with a horror theme. Well, guess what, little podcast fiend? You're barking up the right alley. Because I'm one of the hosts of Spooked, the improvised scary story podcast where it's never scary and sometimes a story. Now you're thinking, wow, that sounds awesome, but where do I find that? Well, the same place you found this one, thesonarnetwork.com. You click on it, you listen, and get ready to get spooked.